0: Jake, how's it going?
1: It's going good, Jill. How are you? Oh,
0: I'm doing all right. Uh So, what's new and exciting with you? I
1: had a really weird dream last night.
0: Oh, what what was it?
1: I had a dream that I was at a urinal, but the urinal was a pinball machine. Oh no. No, it was cool. It was a really cool dream. And I'm actually trying to think of how that would work because it was a dream. Obviously, you know, it was like not realistic. I don't have that much, um, (laughs) momentum. I don't know what the word is. Inertia. When When I peed, to actually power a pinball machine, but in my dream I could. And now I'm just racking my brain to figure out how can I turn this into something?
0: (laughs) Well, I, you know, We've talked about this on a previous episode, but remember that Sesame Street thing when it was the pinball and it would go 12. Seven, seven, nine,
1: nine, yeah,
0: so maybe you're, I don't know, subconsciously you're thinking about Sesame Street when you pee.
1: Well, I wasn't thinking, I thinking about know. Sesame Street when I pee, but I probably will now.
0: Yeah, see. Oh,
1: no. (laughs) That was the Muppets. Never mind. Just kidding. Anyway, (laughs) we've got a a really good show, and I hope people tune in to this point, because if you're like me and you hear the word politics, you just nope on out of there, as the kids say. Pretty much. But what I really enjoy about Curtis in this episode in particular is he breaks down all of the important legislative stuff in little bites size section so you can know what's going on without really delving into all the boring details of it but you can sound really smart to people like you can know. oh i know what hb
0: 102 is yeah well i I kind of liked this one because we he and i kind of talked about a few of like prior prior to recording we talked about kind of some of the lame stupid bills and just not good bills and some that were better and we probably would have needed three episodes to talk about all of the ones but we i think in this episode we were able to kind of break down a lot of them the the big ones that we we were able to get to. So yeah.
1: So stay tuned. And also at the end of the show, we're going to talk about a giveaway that has to do with our previous episode with Jody G.
0: Jody Gennessey.
1: We'll tell you we'll tell you how to enter to win something. Well, it's a signed book of the awesome signed copy of the awesome. One hundred things every jazz fan should know and do before they
0: die.
1: So stay tuned. All right, back by popular demand is Curtis Herring. Curtis, welcome to the program.
2: You're you are far too popular, too kind to say popular, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Um, Hi, popular, Curtis. Happy, happy to complain about the legislature. It's, it's, a, it's a hobby. It's a, it's, a, it's a pastime. So happy to do it for you.
1: Well, we had you on a couple weeks ago for a little bit of legislative stuff and some political talk, and people enjoyed the episode a lot, and it was decided to bring you back for an update since they're still in session, mm-hmm. and there's still more to talk about. But right now, today, we're recording this on President's Day. Now, last time you were on the show, I asked you who your favorite president was, and if I knew that you were going to record again on President's Day, I would have saved the question. So instead, I'm going to ask you, who is your third favorite president of all time?
2: Third favorite president? Um, I'm going to go with Gerald Ford, because the guy played football and fell down a lot, and um, Was just all around terrible And a good benchmark For what we shouldn't do And that
1: makes him your third favorite Yes,
2: uh-huh. to know what not to do He's good Okay I, I just like being contrarian Carol Since Tork? you just
1: changed your mind from 5 minutes ago. I could change it back. Said, I
2: could say William Henry Harrison if you want to tell that story. Oh
1: yes, tell us why William Henry well, Harrison is your he favorite president.
2: Died in 30 days, man. He was in and out and done and and I mean it wasn't by his own doing, but he you know he kind of was. Kind of was. I mean he he made a speech while it was super cold and he caught sick and died. So it's it's kind of a, a foretelling of, of what not to do as well. So can I make a confession? Make your confession.
1: Which I'm going to do again because this is our second recording since the first one we had technical issues. I'm going to pretend like I'm saying this for the first time. But here's my – okay, so back up. When I was in grade school, I did a report on William Henry Harrison. So we all had to pick a president, do a report on them. And I just opened up the encyclopedia, just turned it to a random president who happened to be William Henry Harrison. I didn't know anything about him. It was actually really hard to do a report on him because he was only president for a month and didn't do anything. But I did it and I learned all about him and and I was a big fan ever since. So here's my confession though. When Joe Biden was elected, I did have the thought, so I had to go back and check how long exactly William Henry Harrison was president for, so that I could figure out on the calendar when that would be when Joe Biden would pass it, so that he was guaranteed to not be the shortest term president of all time. Are we are sorry, we, Joe? I love you, but you're old.
2: Are we close? Are we we got to
1: be close. He's He's pretty close. He's not there yet. He still has like a couple of <laughs> a week.
0: Should we tell our listeners what shirt I'm wearing today? Yeah. I, I speaking it,
1: of Joe Biden.
0: It's it, speaking of Joe Biden. It's got aviator sunglasses on it. And it says, Will you shut up, man? And it's referring to, of course, the first presidential debate in which Joe Biden told Donald Trump to shut
2: up. Remember that time when he said he told him to shut up, and then he took his job like a couple months later, allegedly. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yeah, that was nice.
0: But yeah, so just because they don't have that visual, I felt the need to explain it. Anyway.
2: Do you know who? Do you
1: know who my third favorite president is? Going back to that question. Who? It would be the second shortest tenured president, I think it would be James Garfield. He was only president for a, f- a few months mm-hmm. and he got shot. But he I- be actually, and I'm serious about this. He was really interesting. There's a PBS documentary on James Garfield. He was fascinating. He grew up dirt poor in a log cabin, I think with a he, he was raised by a single mother or his father died when he was a young kid and or something. Grew up in really rough circumstances yet managed to get really educated. Was elected to Congress Kind of got elected or got the, I think he was a Republican. He got the Republican nomination sort of in a weird circumstance. He wasn't even running for president and they nominated him for president and he won. And he looked like he was going to be a really, really good president. And this was right after Lincoln, like I think three or four presidents after Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And then some dude just shot him. He had mental health issues and shot him. And then it was really fascinating because he probably should have lived The bullet didn't kill him, but his doctor, they didn't know about germs and stuff at that time. So the doctor refused to wash his hands and had his hands all in there. And he died of infection like two or three months later. It's really fascinating, but he seems pretty cool. So James Garfield, there it is.
0: Interesting.
1: Well, before we get into legislative stuff, I have one thing I want to talk about because I think this is really weird. But for the last... Week or so, the COVID cases are dropping Yay. a lot, not just in Utah, but all over the country, everywhere, and even a lot of like I think the whole entire northern hemisphere cases Yay. are just dropping all of a sudden out of nowhere. They're just dropping like crazy. Why do you think that is?
0: New I mean, variations,
1: <laughs> but would new variants make the case case? Case count drop?
0: No, or is there a new virus that's coming in and killing off the covids?
2: Ooh, I like that. That's, a, that's the Monty Burns theory, where it's everything is trying to get shoved through at once and it just doesn't work. What so, is it,
0: Jake? Tell us what it is.
2: I have no idea.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have what I <laughs> bring it
1: up. My my hope is that it's some sort of. Immunity. Oh, I, I did here. I, I read something else recently. They did some testing and found that the amount of asymptomatic people might be way higher than they thought. More well, like 80%. I, ab- I absolutely believe that. But if that's true, if 80% of the people that have COVID never have symptoms, how many of those people never get tested? Probably a huge chunk of that. So say it's 60%, which would be pretty conservative. 60% of those people never get tested. If you I'm not good at math, but if you figure it out, like 10% of the population has been tested and has had it. Another 10% has been immunized from it. There's 20% if you add on 50 to 60% onto that of people who had it and never knew about it, we're we're close to herd immunity. There's a thought. Maybe we have reached herd immunity or reaching it.
0: The other, you know, darker possibility (laughs) is that people are dying. And I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I have not been keeping up for the last several weeks on anything medically related. I've been shutting down my scientific side of my brain. So Sorry.
2: Curtis, what's your thought?
0: I would love to have a better
2: answer. All I know is I'm vaccinated and I'm happy now. So
0: Girl same.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so now and
0: Bill Gates does, knows. When does your mom work. get her second vaccine, Jake?
1: Well, this is weird. Um, in St. George for in Washington County, they're only doing second dose vaccinations on Tuesdays I guess and they've only had one day set aside and it's been the same day for like three weeks now so I signed her up for that day it's coming up I think it's next Tuesday
0: uh-huh.
1: but I don't know if it's going to work because that would be 27 days from her first shot
0: oh that's she got
1: her first shot on a Wednesday you get
0: Pfizer? I know
1: it's fine I looked I looked it up and said you know the CDC says it's fine to go one day early, but on their thing, everything says you'll be turned away. If it's less than 28 days and
0: oh, she got Moderna. I'm worried.
1: Yeah. I'm worried that if, if we wait another week, if they're only doing it on Tuesdays, then that's going to be 34 days. If we go the next week later, mm-hmm. it's all really confusing.
0: I would think it would be fine either way.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to call them and find out. Anyway, if you if you work for Southwest Health Department, at me, <laughs> the answer to that question, I'm going to drive down from Salt Lake solely to take my mom to get her vaccine and be with her for the next day in case she's sick. And I would really like to know if I'm wasting my time that they're going to turn her away because, nope, it has to be 28 days. That's the magic day. 27 is no good.
0: Yeah, shoot. A, uh, mention us on Twitter at Utah underscore AF or come to our Instagram page and direct message us at, under, at Utah underscore AF or just go to our website, Utah dash AF, and send us an email so we can get Jake's mom some knowledge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or I, I guess I could just
2: call them.
0: I mean, yeah, he could Tomorrow do that. Too. But if you listen, I mean, hey, what better way?
2: That's not how you plug the show, Jake. You're very bad at this. I'm sorry. You gotta plug the social media.
1: Funny is, by the time this gets posted, I'm gonna have the answer, and she's probably already gonna be vaccinated. But oh well, it's still a fun discussion topic.
0: Yeah. All right, let's let's get into this, Herring.
2: You sound so excited already. It's almost as if you hear about this constantly.
0: It, we're fine.
1: <laughs> as she pulls up her phone. As she
2: pulls up her phone.
1: And- well,
0: I'm pulling up our com- what our document, what we're talking about, our outline.
1: Curtis, let's talk Curtis. about the legislature. What's
2: going on? Let's do talk about the legislature. Like, again, I'm very used to this. of Let's start talking about the legislature, and then Jill pulls up her phone. This is this is 11 years of marriage, and it's all good. No, uh, so we are about. We're just a little over halfway through the legislative session at this point. Uh, so President's Day is well, it's it's shifted around, but President's Day is basically the halfway mark. And what really happens um, going forward is it starts to enter crunch time. Uh, So we will see the budget. We will actually have a budget, which is, of course, probably the most important thing the legislature will do. Um, We will have a budget numbers coming out next week. uh, And then from there, the legislature decides how they want to spend their money and, and ultimately... Where you spend your money is what your priorities are uh, at the end of the day, right? You can say you care about education, but if you don't fund it, it doesn't matter. You can say you care about roads, but if you don't fund it, it doesn't matter. So that's what the next couple of weeks are going to be, is that that nitty-gritty coming down to the budget. And it's actually a good budget year.
1: I was going to ask that. I was going to ask if we have any clue what the budget is, because last year was not so good. They're yeah. anticipating. Big shortfall.
2: Yes. Uh, so I, I, kind of going back to the topic at, at the start of the show, I don't know if you heard, but we had a global pandemic uh, last year. Uh, and, and it was just starting to pop off right when the legislature was starting to finish, uh, which is in the mid of mid-March. Uh, and so lawmakers last year really started to pull a lot of things back. They, they had a lot of generals or a lot of special sessions to, to pull funding back. And it turns out Utah was not as hard hit as they thought it would be. They're estimating a billion extra dollars uh, compared to what they thought it would look like. Uh, you know, Utah's unemployment has stayed relatively low. Uh, tax dollars uh, from sales have been relatively high. So there's actually more money than what they thought would happen, which in its own way is a major problem for the legislature because they got to figure out what to do with it, um, and if it's one-time or ongoing, and and all of those sorts of questions. I could tell them what to do with it. <laughs> I can too, but we might disagree with what they would say. Or yeah, it's the way it goes. What would
1: you do if if you if you had sole authority to spend a billion dollars of state money? <laughs> What would you do? Because I know what I would do. I would put little uh, see-through, like uh, domes over the freeways. <laughs> I've thought yeah. about this. We should put domes over the freeway because it would it would make the city quieter, which would be nice, and it would keep the snow out. And if it kept the snow out, people could continue to drive normally, and you wouldn't need to put salt on the roads anymore, which would lessen costs with maintenance and plowing and then rebuilding the road, repaving the road every, every damn year because our roads deteriorate every year. It would be wonderful. So freeway domes.
0: Has this been done anywhere?
1: Mm, Probably the Alps to a degree. I don't know, but if you think the the belt route on the East side would be a perfect trial because the freeway is already underground, it would be really simple to just top it off with a little greenhouse roof. And we could have tropical palm trees on the freeway.
2: <laughs> Telling you, if you really thought this. I have a buddy that wants to build a giant pipe from uh, the Great Salt Lake all the way to the uh, Pacific Ocean. The idea being that we could bring water in and use geo. It, it would be horribly expensive. What I would actually spend it on, um, I think. To be honest, infrastructure is not a bad idea. Um, I would want to do long term things like one of the things that they're talking about is double tracking front runner, for example, Um, greater investments uh, as far as light rail and those sorts of things. It saves money in the long run. It's it's pollution controls in the long run. Um, and, And those are some of the discussions that are taking place is is addressing air quality is one of the bigger things that will cost quite a bit of money that one-time funds could address quite well. There's also a lot of buildings that weren't being worked on that they'd like to work on them now. So fun, that's the thing. It's ultimately really boring stuff that actually matters at the end of the day. So maybe we can check in a couple bucks for your dome.
1: Well, speaking of double tracking, yesterday was Valentine's Day. What'd you guys do?
2: (laughs) I made a lovely dinner.
0: He did. He made a beautiful dinner, and then we watched, we rented a movie, that a new release that came out that was ridiculous, but so funny, with, Chris,
2: with Marvin Starr go to Delray. Marvin Starr. It, <laughs> it was so bizarre, but I would highly recommend it. Marvin Starr. Marvin well. Starr.
1: I don't, that was a weird segue, but I don't know why the word "double tracking" sounds dirty to me.
0: Well, now it, medium you know, dirty word. Yeah, it's like unfair. you need to talk
1: to your bishop. You've been double tracking lately.
0: <laughs>
2: it's right up. There. You, 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 you stop me, dead, Jake. I got nothing. Like I, I don't know. I'm usually decent at transitions. I got nothing for you now. So you gotta you gotta dig us out of this one.
1: I'm going to use that if I ever go back to a bar again. Hey, baby, you want to go back to my place? We'll do some double, double tracking. tracking.
2: We'll double track. That's why you're a hopeless romantic, Jake. Do you want me to talk about the porn blocker bill then? While we're on that one,
1: <laughs> that's a great segue. Let's talk about porn. Let's talk about porn if you'd like. we talk about blocking
2: porn. Is this a
0: what's is, that about? Is Todd? Is this one of Todd Weiler's no. bills?
2: No, it is not. Um, so, so, so the question is like, is that what? What is a bad bill, right? And and I get I get that question a lot as far as what a bad bill is. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see that. Um, and, and how you define a bad bill is one of two ways, whether you just don't like it or if it poses a legitimate policy problem, if it poses a problem for the state. And, and we can disagree about, um, I just don't like this bill. I don't like what it does. Or we can say, this is a bad bill because it's, it's damaging to the state or it's damaging to a certain group of people. And that's kind of what this porn, this one of the bills that I think is a bad bill is this porn blocker bill. What it is, this is Representative uh, Susan Pulsifer. She's a Republican from South Jordan. Uh, and what it says is that any piece of technology that comes into the state of Utah, so cell phone, computer, um, and in theory, even a piece of software that comes into the state of Utah. Uh, but no, I think it actually does just deal with hardware. But what it says is, any piece, of, any, any piece of technology that comes into the state has to automatically, if, it, if it's capable of seeing porn, um, it automatically has to have a porn filter on. So it, it, you, you pull it out of the box, and unless you affirmatively say, I do want to see pornography on my phone or on my laptop, you won't have the option to see it. Uh, it is automatically blocked. Um, and that's what this bill does. Uh, Aside from it being, (laughs) yeah. Um, So from an economic standpoint, it's troublesome because all of a sudden now you have companies like Apple and and Samsung saying, well, do we really want to take the extra time uh, to do this just to sell to a state that has 3 million people in it compared to a California or something like that. So we might see inferior products. The second one is there's this thing called the First Amendment. Uh, and I don't That's know. That's what I was just yeah. gonna ask. Is, I don't know if you how could does this affect
0: know. the First Amendment?
2: There is a strong case that this is because pornography is protected speech under the First Amendment. Right. There's a strong argument that a bill that this bill would really run afoul because it is censorship of of speech, of protected speech. Uh and and so in this effort to save the children, uh, I, I strongly suspect from a First Amendment standpoint that it will not stand muster. So from that point of view, I would call that a bad bill. It would cost the state of Utah to fight it. Uh, and and yeah, I think it will cause a lot of problems. Well, plus, how
1: do they determine that something is porn or not? Are they going to have to set up some sort of
2: porn commission? R- well, we refused- have a porn czar. Don't forget, we have a porn czar. And pornography has been listed as a public health crisis in Utah. But Jake, you have a very good point there. Who decides if it's a private company? Well, then who decide- Why is that private company better than another company? If it's Samsung or if it's Apple and they say, no, we thought it was fine. And then the state of Utah says, no, it's not fine. Well, then who decides that? Right. It's it's it, it, it's a lot of can- it's a big can of worms and. Ultimately, this is one where parents maybe should just parent. And, you know, if you don't, if you're just an adult that wants to look at naughty pictures, it's your legal right to do so. So why is the state making it difficult to do so? Well, my I'm wondering about this porn czar. What
1: do they put on a resume if they ever want to apply for another job?
2: Porn czar. I mean, that's it. I mean, I could. I don't know. Do do you have the explicit tag on this one? Because I could go dirty, but I'm
1: gonna <laughs> we can always bleep things out.
2: Fair enough. That's fair enough. But that that's half the fun. But no, I mean, it's it is one thing. Like for example, I, I think it was two years ago, um, Senator Todd Weiler passed a bill that said that uh, any pornography that you view in the state of Utah, if you go to a pornographic website, that has to have a little thing that pops up that says. You need to be aware that you need to be 18 and blah, 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 blah. But that's an affirmative. That's something that you have sought out. And so that passes mustard. But just to block it out right from the beginning, that that raises different questions.
0: One thing that really bothers me about this is Utah is so hip on parental rights. You know, I mean, they're so anti-sex education it to the point where, So much of it can't even be taught in school. And yet this one, no, parents can't teach, say no to porn at home. So we're going to do it for them. I mean, that's, this one bugs me. Did it, did this make it out of committee then? I guess.
2: Uh, That's a good question. Um, I should have had that pulled up and ready to go. It's like I said, it's HB 72. Let's see where it's at. And by the way, while I'm doing this, Uh, It is for your listeners to know that anybody can actually look up uh, where any particular bill stands just by going to le.utah.gov. It's super easy to find things. Uh, It is super easy to pull bills up and see where they are. So much so that while I'm trying to kill time, I can tell you that it has just narrowly made it out of committee. Uh, It is advancing. It is in the House right now. Uh, it looks like it's been substituted a couple times. I don't know what those substitutes say exactly, but it did make it out on a six to five vote. Uh, so the full yeah. House is going to, in theory, consider this bill and, and move it forward. It still has to go through the Senate where the same process. It'll die. I think it will, but... Who knows, right? Um,
0: this is going to be one of those that'll make it to the last day and then it'll die before midnight.
2: I could see that happening. There's a, I, I won't go into the weeds, never mind. I could tell you how that could happen, but no one needs to know or care. But I could see that happening as it dies. That's
0: uh, it's an called, interesting one to follow.
2: Yeah, it's called Dying on the Calendar. Uh, yeah. And I can see that happening.
0: Huh.
2: Do you want to talk about sex ed too? <laughs> and consent? while we're on this general topic?
0: Yes, let's do. Okay,
2: So there's another piece of legislation uh, that is struggling, but still has a gasp of air. This is a uh, HB 177 from representative Carol Spackman Moss. Uh, what this bill does, is it, it deals with sex education uh, in the state of Utah. Uh, and and basically it, right now um, there is there is currently on the books, things generally dealing with consent uh, and and the idea that you need to consent before you have sex uh, with someone and then that, that should be taught in sex ad uh, and the bill is it's it's on its last leg it's looking like it may not make it out of committee it's but that the idea and there's some legitimate arguments as to why that is happening is that if you're under 18, you can't consent. So why are we talking about that? I think it's kind of a weak argument, but it it is at least one that holds some value, right? Uh, And from a personal standpoint, I think it is a wise idea to teach the concept of consent, if not consent itself. Um, To a degree, it's already discussed in high school. This would bring it back down to uh, the junior high level of sex education, which there is some, uh, and, and I think it's a decent idea, but we'll see. It's being held in committee. I doubt it'll make it out. It's an idea worth talking about in my mind, but we'll see what happens on that one.
1: You know, do to hear something funny while you're talking about sexual consent? <laughs> I'm looking out my window. I'm in St. George right now. And there are two road runners and one roadrunner is chasing the other roadrunner around. And I think I know what's going on. <laughs> I don't think, I think roadrunners need to learn a little bit more about right. scent. It's
2: very important. She's running away from you. <laughs> that means no. Running means no. Does it, though, in roadrunner land? I don't know. I've seen a lot of cartoons, and running away usually means you don't want to, you know, have things happen moop, to you. Moop, moop, not interested. Moop, moop. <laughs> we don't know to do that well. Meet
1: me. me. <laughs> take me to dinner first. Moop, moop. <laughs> All right. Should we take a break? Mm-hmm. Let's take a short break. All right. Whoo. That was a good break. I feel refreshed. Do you guys feel refreshed?
2: I stretched. I I got my stretches in my calisthenics. It's great.
1: Well, speaking of calisthenics, another bill that's interesting is the transgender sports thing. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: The transgendered sports thing. Uh, That's, that's, that's the very, that's about
1: all I know about it. No, it's uh,
2: well, you're not far off. So, uh, the bill that you are referring to, it's, it's HB 302, Preserving Sports for Female Students. Uh, this is from Representative Kara Birkland. She's a freshman uh, up at the legislature. She's a Republican from, I want to say, Morgan, Morgan Utah. So this bill, uh, if passed, basically prevents people who are, have gone from biologically uh, male to societally gendered female. Um, And so basically saying, yes, I was born male, but I am a woman, right? Uh, And and so it, it prevents athletes who identify as women from competing against women who are biologically female. And I'm trying to choose my words very carefully here because Um, Female is a biological distinction, whereas woman is a societal distinction, and that is an important distinction to make um, as far as how you identify. So this bill uh, from Representative Berkland says um, that if you are biologically male, you cannot compete against uh, people who are biologically female in sports competitions. This is... A very, very uh, sticky bill as far as what actually happens to it. Right now, it just eked out of committee uh, on an eight to six vote, uh, and it is going before the House floor uh, for a further recommendation. Part of the issue is, um, again, this is another one of those that, that could potentially be from just a pure policy standpoint, not the fact that it seems that they only care about women when it hurts gay, well, people who are part of the LGBTQ community. Um from a policy standpoint, this is problematic as far as equal protection uh, is concerned. Uh, because if you are, if you legally identify as female, or from, from the state of Utah standpoint, if you legally identify as a woman, and the state of Utah says, yes, you're a woman, then all of a sudden you have a very real equal protection clause to deal with. Um, and from that standpoint alone, It's going to get a lawsuit and it is going to get a lawsuit if it passes. It also runs afoul of NCAA rules, which that's the other argument is it's making it harder for biologically female athletes to get scholarships because the idea is that these uh, biologically male but identify as female are crowding out athletes. Personally, I don't think anybody chooses to uh, make that very difficult decision because they want to get a scholarship to go to college. I don't think that's a very, that's not front of mind when people go through that very personal decision. Um, So yeah, clarify
1: though. So I understand the rationale behind this is that someone who is biologically male, regardless of whether. Of how they identify. If they're biologically male, mm-hmm. they would have some sort of competitive advantage in sports because they went through development or puberty or whatever while male, which added height, mm-hmm. added bone mass, bone size, whatever that gave them a competitive advantage, regardless of whether they take hormones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, and I understand though, the NCAA, which is for college sports, mm-hmm. I believe they've addressed this somehow by trying to define when that is no longer an advantage. Because the counterargument to that is that, well, if you're transgender female and you have taken hormones or whatever for a certain period of time, mm-hmm. you've essentially negated whatever advantage you had from before. Because now you know, your testosterone's lower, your estrogen's higher, yeah. whatever. So mm-hmm. they've kind of figured out some sort of time period that if you do this, like if you take hormones or whatever, I don't know the details of it, but if you do something for a certain period of time, you can't compete with females, but this one seems to take it a step further.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and you're correct. I mean, that's part of it. The other part of this is um, and and there is some science behind how the NCAA has come to this conclusion. um, But the, the sticking point, at least on some that are advocating for this is, well, a, a, a person who decides to go to uh, gendered female, they are, they are more likely in high school to actively be going through those very treatments, right? Uh, just because those decisions now tend to take place at a younger age. And, and whether you agree with that or disagree with that, that's not the point. The point is they are actively taking those drugs, so they may still have that advantage. One thing worth pointing out, and this is another part of that equal protection thing, is the bill says nothing about people who are born biologically female but have transitioned to male. Um, that's still hunky-dory uh, in the eyes of this bill, which, again, is another equal protection clause. Worth noting, there is no case in the state of Utah for uh, for high school athletes where this bill would even apply. This is quote unquote, solving a problem that doesn't exist, at least in the eyes of some people.
1: Well, I'm with you. I can see this getting really sticky because I'm in my head. I'm trying to see all of the possible scenarios that this could play out. And I will say one thing, and I don't really have an opinion on this. I feel like I need a lot more information because one thing I struggle with is if you go back to the reasons as to why we even have separate sports for boys and girls, I, you know, it is based my, my belief is it's based on your biological sex, not, not the gender that you identify with. That's the reason why we have different ones. So girls can have a competitive, you know, whatever. That being said, I'm with you in regards of, I don't like going through gender reassignment and actually going through a formal process to change your gender legally and physically people are not doing that because they want to win their high school track and field on the girls team. Right. I think that's a fear. And I know I, I've, I've heard some stories. I've read some stories where like in Florida or something, there was a, a regional girls track meet and like two of the three finishers were transgender females or something. And that's the thought, well, all the boys who can't make it on the boys teams are just going to say, well, I'm a female yeah. and join <laughs> the girls teams and win. And I'm like that. Okay, maybe that could happen. So maybe there's a little in between where you do have to, you know, they you, you want to keep people who are faking it out. Well, but
2: that's the that's the thing is it is an extri- If you're faking it, boy, are you committed? <laughs> you are really committed to it. Uh, and then and and you kind of hinted to this as well. This also will probably run afoul of Title IX, which deals with female sports. Um, so from a policy standpoint, again, whether whether you think that morally it's wrong, which I do, but from a pure policy standpoint, uh, this is going to be a very problematic piece of legislation uh, if it were to pass.
1: Yeah. what's I mean, what's the unintended consequence? Are we going to do genetic testing on people to make sure that to- see what your chromosomes are (laughs) or are we just going to absolve boys and girls divisions altogether and just say, well, there's one basketball team and the best 12 people, regardless of their gender. I I think there's some unintended consequences. And is this really an issue in Utah? Well,
2: it's not. That's the other thing. It's, it's not an issue. So far there has been zero cases of this actually happening. Um, So yeah. Anyway, I personally, I think it's a bad bill, but also from a policy standpoint, I think it is unwise for the state of Utah to pass this piece of legislation at this time.
1: I think uh, someone's seen the movie Juana Man too many times. It's <laughs> quite which, <laughs> Fun Fun reference. You know who was in Juana Man? Was former Utah stars. That's the WNBA stars. Guard, oh. Tammy Reese.
0: Or what was that other movie? That one with Amanda Bynes, the soccer one. Walk like a man, or not walk like a man, just play like a man. I don't know. She dresses up like a boy to get on a team. I don't know. I don't know. Silly. Amanda?
1: A man? Duh. Oh.
0: Duh. Oh, There's a dude. friend's
1: reference as well. Oh.
0: <laughs> what do you think about the bill re- regarding. Um, the requirement to report a cop pointing the gun thing. Yes.
2: Yeah, That's so, one. Yes. Uh, the so so this is one of two uh, kind of bigger pieces of legislation that we've kind of seen out of uh, uh, the, the Black Lives Matter protests of the, uh, of the past year and, and calls to defund the police or at least evaluate how they're doing. Uh, and how they interact with the public. Uh, The one you're referring to, Jill, it's HB 264 from Representative Angela Romero, uh, and it is Law Enforcement Weapons Use use Amendments. It's always these fun names, right? But yeah, so you you basically, you summed it up very well. What the bill does is says that any time an officer pulls a gun and points it at a suspect, they have to formally report that. Uh, and and the logic behind that is, generally speaking, officers will report that anyway, but this makes that a requirement. Uh, and, and with that also comes better data collection uh, and better understanding of who, not only that if there's officers that tend to point their guns at people more often, but who they're pointing them to. Do they statistically point them to black people or Hispanic people or white people more often. Uh, The idea being that if we can identify these officers, uh, either we can focus specifically on training uh, to discourage uh, excessive use of force. This doesn't say that officers shouldn't point their guns at people. There are certainly times when they should. But with, with mandatory reporting, it basically allows police departments individually and the state of Utah as a whole to to understand who what officers are doing more and more on a day-to-day basis. Uh, again, officers are supposed to do this anyway, but this would require that. And I honestly, I think that's a good piece of legislation uh, to, to at least ensure that the right amount of force is being used at the right time.
1: Well, as a big law enforcement supporter, I would say on the surface, that sounds reasonable. I mean, they're not, you know, yeah. it's not really changing how you do anything. It's just no reporting uh, what the you already
2: do. From their day-to-day will not change other than that they, if they do pull a gun, they have to report it. Uh, and that should be part of the report anyway. Um, so, right. Uh, right. I think it's a good piece of legislation. Uh, and actually, I think it is advancing. Let me double check on that one. Uh, yeah, so it, it made it out of committee with no, no votes. Uh, it is currently uh, in the House waiting oh, to be heard. Good. So it's moving. It's moving.
0: Okay. And what about... What's the
2: deal uh, with... The-
0: Go ahead, Jake. What?
2: I get, I get a feeling Jake's not going to have a, a serious one. And so oh. you're going to come in with a serious one. It'll just completely derail things.
1: No, I'm wondering about the... I've heard of they want to increase the registration fee for electric vehicles.
2: Yes. Uh, so that is one of the ones that they're talking about. This is uh, oh, what HB 209 uh, from Representative K. Christofferson, Republican from Lehigh. And yes, you are correct. The, the proposal is that the uh, so the vehicle registrations, which by the way, they're also talking about bringing back the little cards that you get for vehicle registrations. That's just a side note more than anything. Uh, but uh, this piece of legislation is uh, specifically to increase those same fees for plug-in electrics, hybrids, uh, and, and those types of vehicles. Uh, and, and the idea the idea being that traditionally, f- those, those cars are fun to pay for the roads. It's a use tax. And you pay for that through gasoline. Well, guess what electric cars don't use? but are still on the roads is of course gasoline. So the logic is we increase uh, the registration fee, the annual registration fee for those cars specifically to kind of make up that difference uh, of while they're not paying for gas tax. So this is how these cars are paying to use the roads for a full electric vehicle. It's a five, uh, 500% increase. The annual cost goes from 120, $120, to three hundred dollars annually oh, um, for for so those are like for your Teslas, right? Uh, for your plug-in hybrids or for your plugins like your Chevy Volts, for example, um, you're talking about an increase from two, fifty-two dollars a year to two hundred and sixty dollars a year. Uh, and then for a hybrid, so like your uh, your Toyota Prius, it's 20 extra dollars to 50 extra dollars. So the state has actually been wow. reducing the cost for hybrids. That was a decision that was made about a decade ago. Uh, and, and so this is kind of bumping that up. So um, valid points on both sides, if you ask me. Uh, on the one hand, these cars are not paying to use the roads uh, the same way that a traditional vehicle, a gas-powered vehicle, pays for the roads, state of Utah has to pay for that somehow. This is one of the ways that they could do it. On the flip side, we have a very real pollution problem uh, in Salt Lake City, uh, in Salt Lake County and, and along the Wasatch Front. And this is a way that discourages people from switching over from gas to electric, Um the other, other argument is electric vehicles tend to be more expensive and so people who buy them tend to have more money so okay. they can afford these a little bit more, but that discourages middle class and lower income people from potentially well, well, and
1: if they have more money, then they very well may have a little vacation condo in Mesquite and guess mm-hmm. where they're going to be registering their cars and Utah good. gets none of that money.
2: Right, yeah. and there's that as well. Um, so there's, there's a lot of unintended consequences i think with this piece of legislation uh one of the things that's kind of being kicked around that's not related to this is uh registrations based off of miles used whether you are an electric or a gas-powered vehicle it would look into mileage there are questions on how to do that but UDOT has been looking into it over the past year it might be a better solution than just flat out we're raising it just on electrics not on gas cars um, so I, yeah, if it's a use tax, that's yeah. how you can measure use. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, and in theory it works. There are ways to cheat it. There are questions of, well, if I drive 20%, like, let's say I live in uh, Wendover and I live in Utah, but I work in Nevada and I, you know, I mean, that's obviously not a ton of miles, but why do I have to pay for the miles that I'm in Nevada for? Right. And so there's, there are questions that need to be worked out. Um, on that side of things, I don't know, uh, how this one will make it at the end of the day. Uh, let's see, it's out of committee, um, but it has been circled. So that's a fancy way of saying we don't want to talk about it right now. Um, so it's, it's, it's before the house, but the house is not as of right now, they don't want to take any action on it as a, as a body. They don't want to say no, but they're not going to say yes either.
0: Hey, Curtis.
1: But it's been circled. Has
2: been circled, that's true. It's a big circle. It is Yay. a big they literally it's literally called circling because they used to circle it on a chalkboard and say, We'll get back to this one. That's where the term comes from.
0: So Curtis, I want to know about this gun bill from the the dude in St. George.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. Crappy so, Bill uh, I
0: don't like it.
2: it I I am not a fan of it either. Yes. Uh, HB 60. uh, This is from Representative Walt Brooks, Republican from St. George, Jake. So this is all on you. Uh, Yeah. So this is a concealed carry firearms amendment. This bill is actually passed. uh, So it has made it through the House. It has made it through the Senate and it is sitting on the governor's desk, uh, Governor Cox's desk for his signature, which he says he will sign. Uh, In the past, uh, Governor Herbert, the last governor, said that he would veto these bills, but uh, Cox has been on board on this one. And what this bill says, basically, is that if you are legally allowed to own a gun in the state of Utah, so you don't have a felony, uh, you're an adult, uh, and, and things like that, you do not need a concealed weapons permit to conceal a gun legally in the state of Utah. In other words, you could just buy a gun and put it on your person under your jacket, walk around, and unless you're breaking some other law, it is 100% legal uh, in the state of Utah to conceal a gun. Uh, as well, You have to be over the age of 21, but in the scheme of things, that's pretty minor. Uh, and the argument being that, hey, go Second Amendment, boo anything, any restrictions. When
0: would that go into effect?
2: That's a good question. Let me, do- I can double check that really quick. It has an effective date, it looks like it just has the standard effective date. So that would be sometime in June, oh. uh, is when this would be. I'm not seeing anything special about the effective date. Now, to be clear, this doesn't do away with uh, concealed weapons permits, it doesn't do away with concealed cl- classes related to gun safety. Uh, you can still get those things, but uh, that's the other part. Gun safety is now not a requirement for a concealed That'd weapons say. permit. So you don't even have to. Yeah. You do not need to prove that you even know how to load a gun and fire it, uh, but you can legally have a gun in the state of Utah now. Uh, so in a lot of ways, this is kind of the Wild West as far as gun policy is concerned. You can have a gun on you or down at the saloon and you're still not allowed to shoot someone, but boy, is it a whole lot easier for that to happen in yeah. my mind now. Uh, thanks to this piece of legislation. I don't think it is wise. I think it's like 17 other states. I want to say 17. I could be wrong, but 17 other states have something similar. They have had issues with increased gun violence related to these uh, pieces of legislation. That being said, I'm pretty sure that Cox will sign it. It will be law, and it probably won't change anytime real soon.
0: Awesome.
1: I don't really care about that much. What I do care about is this proposal to create a new... State flag for Utah. What can you say about
2: that? You know, Jake, I don't wanna I don't wanna question your priorities, but um I think you're right. Uh, first of all so okay, okay, okay. Utah has an ugly flag. I'm sorry, we do. It is ugly, it is club. It's
1: not even a flag. They just put the state still say state. Uh, I can't, I got cotton seal, mouth. Yeah, the state seal. I say cotton mouth.
2: <laughs> they're, they're not talking about those, leg, those pieces of legislation this year. Um, no. So Utah from there, there, and I can't remember what it's called, but there is a branch of like study related to what a good flag looks like. Uh, <laughs> Vexology and, or something. Yes. Like that. that sounds right. Vexology or something like that. So, and Utah's flag is legit ugly. Um, I don't like it. Uh, and like some of the rules are like a good flag is easy to remember. Like a five-year-old could draw it. Uh, it's, it's doesn't use a ton of colors. It doesn't have words. Uh, it's not just a seal on a background and like Utah's flag fails. Every single one of those it's, it's, it's categorically a bad flag. And so this bill it's, it's SB, uh, 84. Yeah. SB 48. From Senator Dan McKay, he wants to set up a state flag task force. So we will have a group of people get together and decide by the end of this year, because the idea is uh, it's the 125th anniversary of statehood this year. We want to have a new flag by the end of this year uh, before the next statehood, which is January 4th.
1: So I I support this 100%. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Okay. And I'm going to address a lot of complaints I've seen online. Okay. One is that people complain on like comment boards and stuff. They go, well, this is really important, huh? There's no other issues to address. Well, here's something how the legislature works. Yeah, they do spend some time addressing trivial issues every year, but that's because it takes five seconds of their time. No, they don't have to solve world hunger before they do something that's fun. It's okay. I'm okay with that. As long as they don't run out of time to do the important stuff, I'm okay with that. So that out of the way, I agree. Utah state flag sucks. It's just the state seal. And if anyone, I have seen some legislators that oppose this because they think our, our state seal is fine. The state seal, the state seal is going to remain as the state seal. It will just be used as the state seal and something else will be the flag I don't know why, Jill, why are you zooming in on your shirt that says where you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get a complex. Anyway, continuing, continuing my rant. If you look at the states that surround us, Colorado, the four corners, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona, all three of their state flags are awesome. So Arizona is my favorite of all state flags. I think New Mexico might be number two. They're just cool. They're they're kind of like branding. You know what it is the second you see it. And in Arizona, like I have an Arizona flag bandana just because I saw it and it was cool. Utah doesn't have anything like that. It's kind of embarrassing if you go to Four Corners. Um, I will. I do have some ideas. I want to be on that task force. So please, if this <laughs> happens, will you please put me on the task force? I can find out what the
2: requirements are for the task force really quick. So, your opinion. One member of the House. uh, Let's see. uh, One One member of the podcast community. (laughs) One person from the governor. And then it's like you got to be from the Association of Cities and Towns, League of Cities and Towns. uh, An international vexological organization member. So a dude that went through this. State history, Board of Tourism, Department of Education. So if you don't check off any of those boxes, you can't be on on this commission, it looks like.
1: Governor Cox, please. Please. We're like fifth cousins. Will you please put me on that? And I got, I got to, I got to tell you what my opinion on the flag is. So, if you go to the Utah subreddit, they've been posting their own ideas a lot lately, and I think all of them that I've seen, have, they're all better than what's currently being offered. But I think they're kind of lacking something because, for the most part, they're putting Utah state symbols like, like the beehive okay. or. or something like that. And I don't don't think that's necessary, but I do think something that would be really, really cool would be Utah has a culture that's really old. It goes beyond the whole Deseret culture. It's thousands and thousands of years old. And that is the Native American culture. And it's representative by a lot of petroglyphs and pictographs in Utah. And if you look at my two favorite flags, Arizona and New Mexico, they both involve suns. And so my idea for a really cool flag would be something that looks like a petroglyph that would be found in Utah that looks like a sun. And I came up with it. There is a petroglyph timeout. I'm going to... I'm going to give some education to everyone. (laughs) Petroglyphs are carved in rock and pictographs are painted on rocks. And you can remember that by picto sounds like picture, like paint a picture. And petro sounds like what the British call oil, which comes from the ground. So you can think of picto, petro is carving into the ground anyway. (laughs) So there is a petroglyph panel near Vernal. It's a really famous one. And the the figure is holding a sun shield. So it's a spiral. It looks like a shield, but it could also be a sun. We don't really know. But either way, a shield or a sun would both be cool. But it's a spiral with little sunbeams coming from it. And I think that should be the state flag. And I want to see someone draw a cool design based on that. Not exactly. doesn't have to look exactly like that because it's part of a larger... Pictograph. I'm just saying, just the spiral sun by itself, that would be a unique Utah flag idea and it would be based on something real. So people could go to the actual spot and take their picture by the Utah flag petroglyph.
2: Well, and I think, as being on the Utah AF podcast, I think you guys definitely have more sway than, you know, even the governor or a vexologist. I think it's a good idea. Like, Jake, I agree with you. Like, you do hear those complaints of like, why don't they talk about the big issues? And it's an easy argument to make. And sometimes it's true. But at least on this one, from a purely cynical standpoint, there's a tourism aspect to it. And it's a point of pride for the state of Utah. I mean, we spent time talking about what the state uh, cooking pot should be. Yeah, that's a little more ridiculous than something that theoretically could be in people's homes that don't live here. There's a state Um, cooking pot. It's the Dutch
1: oven.
0: Dutch oven.
2: How? Oh, (laughs) there's also a state gun. Well,
0: I knew there was a state gun. My my cousin is the seat. COO of Browning.
2: So I knew that one, oh, right. but. Yeah, we got, we got the state dessert. No, I don't know if the dessert one passed. It doesn't matter. point is, this is at least uh, a thing that people could legitimately identify the state of Utah with, without anything else. And it's a tourism thing and it's a point of pride thing. And it, you're right, Jake, it takes all of 20 minutes to discuss something like this. It sets up a committee. The committee will get together. They'll talk about things. Eh, it's fine. Do it. It's time. It's put me
1: on the committee. Put, put me on it. Please, 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 please.
2: <laughs> Anything else you guys are curious about? Um, We're going a little long, but I could talk about this matter, so it's up to you. I
0: think for now, let's not overwhelm, but this is good. I think when, we're, when the legislative session wraps up, maybe we'll have you come back on and We'll just bullshit about it. How about
2: <laughs> Sure. Well, I'll tell you the legislative session, like I said, we're about halfway through. It'll be wrapping up, I wanna say on the nineteenth of March. So that's like the celebration of uh, the COVID restrictions. So Jake, if you want to ask me the also, next time what my favorite pandemic is, I'll be sure. Also can- I'll think about be that celebration
0: and of my birthday about
1: about after. so hey speak, speaking of birthdays, guess who had a birthday recently?
0: I know, I know, I know.
1: Within the last couple of days.
0: Utah AF podcast.
1: That's right. Utah AF turned ah. on. We did our first recording on February thirteenth, yeah. I believe. Last year. We're gonna be so our in the before we're time. We're gonna be
0: walking soon.
1: Yep. Our little podcast is getting ready to use the toilet soon. I'm well, still waiting. Still I, I, I think know. that's
0: still a year away.
1: <laughs> well, Curtis, thanks for being on again. This was very informative. I yeah, We might have to do a part three. I don't feel like yeah. we're done.
2: You know, I mean, it's, uh, there are, like, like I said, there are plenty of uh, things that will start to definitely be picking up over the next few weeks. It does. It's very much like this ramp up to the end. And so, We can certainly do one in a couple weeks and then a post session wrap up if you'd really like. Um, But yeah, I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. This is important uh, because the decisions that they make, and I know I said this last time, but the decisions that they make will very much have an effect on the day-to-day lives of of average Utahns carrying a gun, paying for car insurance, paying for your car tax. uh, You know, uh, can your kids participate in sports? These things are very real. Uh, and these decisions matter oh as always le.utah.gov to find out uh where who your lawmakers are what they stand for and how to get a hold of them and let them know what you think they live in your neighborhood they know they should know who you are
1: thank you they live in an ivory tower but yeah they live in your (laughs) neighborhood i'm just kidding
2: they're all normal people for the most part i have a few of them that aren't
0: thank you curtis
2: Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, so that was pretty informative, and Jake, you're on mute.
1: Oh, sorry. Jake, joys of technology. I know. Every time I think about (laughs) you, I mute myself. Ah. Oh,
0: this Jake. Boo.
1: Anyway, I was going to say that. That was a good episode. That was fun to talk with
0: With Curtis Curtis again. That was pretty good. We We talked about COVID at the beginning of the episode, and I kind of forgot that was in our outline, so I didn't pick up on some of those cues, but it worked. I'm glad we discussed it. It was topical.
1: Yep, and we talked about, well, we talked about the art. We recorded a year ago in person. I can't wait till we can record in person again. We can avoid all these nice te- technological issues like muting and stuff yeah, like that. That'd be so awesome. How do you feel about recording in person?
0: I'm excited to do it. Um, you know, Curtis and I are vaccinated. I mean, I got to get off of like, I'm on three different antibiotics. So I need to get off of them first before I'll feel comfortable doing anything.
1: How about getting off of these antibiotics? Oh, my gosh, Jake. <laughs> I would say there's a song for everything. That's my motto. There's a song for everything that's ever said.
0: I think that needs to be an episode thing, is we need to ask Jake what songs are stuck in his head in every episode. I that's think a good idea. We'll, we'll just
1: do a whole episode in nothing but song lyrics. I bet we could do it.
0: I bet we could, and I, yeah, I really think we should do that. So, so at the beginning, so Jill,
1: tell us, tell everyone about about our giveaway.
0: Our giveaway. So our
1: give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give oh. it away, give it away, give it away now. Talk about our giveaway.
0: Yeah. Oh, if our listeners have made it this far; they deserve this. Anyway, we have a giveaway of Jody's book 100 things jazz fans should 100 things jazz fans should know and do before they die.
1: die.
0: And, and um, we are going to keep this open for a week and we'll we'll keep this open until let's say, let's do this until February 22nd. So how about we do that? And how you enter to do this, you'll want to head on over to our Instagram. And I want you to go to our Instagram, and you'll like the post that you'll see the, the post that has the cover of Jody's book, and you'll know it's Jody's book because it says 100 Things Jazz Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die on it. I want you to like that post, and then I want you to go to our podcast wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Apple or Spotify. I want you to go over to whichever podcast place you listen to that and leave a review. But in that review, I want you to hashtag it and I want you to hashtag Jake. The hashtag.
1: Hill. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Don't tell him you have the hashtag is on the Instagram, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: There's the hashtag.
0: There's a hashtag on the Instagram. Good point. You have to go to Instagram to get that hashtag.
1: I do like that reference that are we, is this hashtagging? That's a funny commercial.
0: (laughs) Is this hashtagging? Yeah. All right. So yeah, go to our Instagram to get that hashtag.
1: And leave us a review. We love the reviews. We sure do. All right. Thanks. That's the end of our show. Thank you for listening to the Utah AF Podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please share with a friend and leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. That helps get our show out and increase visibility. And when we do well, you do well.
0: We have no idea what that means. As yeah, far don't ask
1: to us do to explain that. now.
0: Please go ahead and follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're at Utah underscore AF. On Twitter, we're also at Utah underscore AF. Also, our website, Utah dash AF.
1: And that's your tw- tweets? tweet. Tw- tw- tweets, tw- tw- tweets. Tweets. Don't, don't don't tweets. You,
0: don't you say the other T word.
1: So confusing getting all my twits anywho you're awesome AF thank you
0: yes thank you AF